right, good morning, good morning, how we doing? Good, 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 good. If you have your Bibles, grab those, Genesis 2, uh, 2.18 is where we'll start out this morning, got a couple other places we'll uh, jump to, but before we really kind of dive in and just even look for a second at last week, um, a couple, couple things I want to I push. Um, uh, prime timers are not old people, they're cool people. So it's like, a, it's like the cool, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's the first clap I've got here, and I've been pastor for four and a half years. That's all, I, man, that, that's easy. I'm, I'm in this thing now. Um, no, I'm just joking. But um, no, honestly, it'll be, it'll be a great time of fellowship and food there. Open to all eight. Where's Austin's even in here? I can't discipline if he's not in here. Somebody go get him. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Um, I'll teach him. Don't worry. He'll come along. He's, he's growing. But um, no, no. Uh, but prompt numbers, like I said, this Thursday uh, there. Um, also, just kind of want to clarify something too. Baby dedication, the uh, 20th. If you're interested in having your, your child uh, dedicated in, in that. And hear me, that's not a salvation thing. That's not a, it's just us saying, hey, as a church, uh, we want to walk with you, love, love on you, love on your family, um, encourage you, pray for you, those type of things uh, is what that means. And you're just saying, hey, man, I want to set my kid aside for the glory of the Lord. And, and my prayer and my hope is, I hope that's yours, but for the same thing with my kids, is that they grow up to know the Lord at an early age. And they are just like ferocious men and women of God when they get older. And so I, I just believe we start now. We start now praying and walking and living that out uh, with him. So baby dedication, February 20th, if you're interested, you can sign up um, at, at the, the check-in there with the kids. But also, we're going to do it Mother's Day as well. And then we're going to do it again Father's Day as well if somebody wants to. And then we're going to do it again in the fall. And so uh, I just thought it'd be good just to kind of spread it out a little bit, be more intimate that way, be able to kind of do some different things in that regard as it pertains to uh, baby dedication. But we're just going to try to be a little bit more intentional with that and love you, love you well through that process there. Um, also, the suitcase, um, I was just uh, earlier, as Mr. O'Neill came in, they're heading to Charleston this week. I'm ready, okay? Um, so, <laughs> I'm just joking. No, uh, what, what this is, and I mentioned this Wednesday night at Revival Night, um, my brother-in-law right now is in Nepal. Um, and so he, uh, he flew over, um, tried to get there Wednesday. There was an ice storm in Chicago, couldn't make it. And so then he uh, flew out of Charlotte Thursday uh, and landed and got there 30 hours later. Oh, and, so, um, and so what I said is we're just going to leave his suitcase. For some reason, he dumped this in my office this week as he swung by. Um, and so I decided it would be a great reminder for us as a church to pray for him. And so we're just going to leave it on the stage until he comes back. And so he's in Nepal uh, for the next 10 days just sharing the gospel of Jesus and loving on people. And so, um, uh, so just be praying for him. There, there's some information out at the lobby. Uh, welcome desk there you can grab about his trip and what he's doing. And so just one we've, we've supported in the past, and we're going to continue just to support through uh, through prayer this week. So the suitcase is there. Um, and then this, this, this other thing that I want to share with you real quick, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know where we at. Hold on, let me, hold on, time out. Let me find it. Uh-huh. Okay, I went too far. Sorry. There we go. Boom. Technology is great until I don't know how to use it. Um, this is the remaining balance we have on our building. Yes. Sorry, let me. It's like Vanna White now. Um, the reason why that's so significant is because we've dropped under the 200,000 mark, which is phenomenal. And so I think when I got here, we were like 1.6. And so I've been here about nine years. And so uh, because you've been faithful to give, we've been able to, uh, to pay this down so much. And I just want to share this. This is what, this is what gets me kind of like giddy um, a little bit is, is when that thing goes away, y'all, like that's $9,000 a month that we get to pour back into ministry. We get to pour back into opportunity to serve and care for our community well, to take the gospel to the nations. And so um, it'll just free us up even more. So, so continue to be faithful and follow the Lord. And if you want to write a check for 192000 we'll take that too. But anyways, um, that's another talk for another day. Um, but uh, but just, just excited. Man, God's doing some things. And I'm excited to, to just, man, just be a part of and, and, and get to lead in that. And so uh, we're in this series about discipleship. We're talking about discipleship, diving in uh, on how to make disciples. And we looked at that hardcore last week as we looked at the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Uh, and it's probably some scripture that you read before, something that you've looked at. But how quickly we can just like fly over and miss what Jesus was even saying in the how-to because what we saw very first was uh, go make disciples of all nations, and he says to baptize them. And what baptizing them does is it points to salvation. So we believe one of the first processes or parts of making disciples is sharing our faith. It's telling of the good news of Jesus Christ. And that was the first thing we see there is go make disciples, baptize them, which leads us to let them know that they've come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And so one of the things that we're trying to do around here is we're wanting to pray for people to be saved. And so the last few weeks, I've urged you to take, take one of these post-it notes and to write some initials on the post-it note. Where am I doing up here? Good gosh, here we go. Sorry, here we go. Take my, oh, Franklin, help me. There we go. Um, 
Take a post-it note, write an initial of somebody, stick it on the wall out there. We put it on the cross. As you leave, if you would take one of those initials and you'd be praying for it. Wednesday night at Revival Night, we took initials of people that you've put on, the, on that board out there and we're praying for them. We're asking God to save and to rescue and to redeem and, and we're praying that God would soften hearts. We're praying that God would give you boldness to share and proclaim to whoever it is that you're, you're praying for, that you're burdened about. I mean, like I, I, like I talked to a dude this weekend that goes here uh, that, that was almost in tears over his buddy who he doesn't think knows Jesus. I mean, just broken over the fact of the reality of what happens to that dude if he dies outside of a relationship with Christ. That's, that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm wanting. God to just stir in our heart. And, and I believe in it so much so that we've already pulled the baptism out. Like, people are like, well, who's baptized today? I don't know. Maybe somebody here gets saved and they want to be baptized today. I don't know. Maybe you hear the gospel for the first time and God awakens in your heart the reality of your need for him. You're like, let's do this. Like, I want to celebrate what Jesus has done to me. I don't know what that looks like, but I am believing that he's going to save people and let's go ahead and be ready, Right? Well, I mean, he says that he wants to. Why don't we live out in faith that he's going to? And he's going to give us the privilege and honor of being able to have conversation with people to lead them down that road of what it looks like to, to, to join Jesus in relationship and abandon themselves and be redeemed and made whole. And so, uh, so last week, we, we just looked at that and talked about that for a second. And then we also talked about, after he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And so we looked hard at what that meant. It meant meant that that, that we pour out, that we invest in others, and we teach them what Jesus has said, what Jesus has commanded us as his followers to to be about and to do and to to live out. And we looked at the place where we found that is in the Word. We've got to know the Word. Church, we've got to know the Word. And I'm not talking about like like being a theologian here or or starting a a, a Bible college. Like I'm just talking about knowing the truths of Jesus. Knowing why you believe what you believe, knowing what to even believe. And what we do is we invest in others in the way that we, we teach, we walk that out in them. And then we just close with some practicals, which over the next few weeks we'll, we'll dive deeper into. But what we just close with some practicals. And to be a disciple maker, you have to have a disciple. You, you have to be journeying with someone. And the way that we do that is one on one. So maybe it's just a, a close relationship, close friendship, and you just you get together weekly and you talk about the Lord and you talk about who He is and what He's doing. You look at the Scriptures and you talk about, about those type of things and you share uh, uh, struggles and you pray for one another. Or maybe it's one on a few, so it's you with, with, with like your crew, your posse. Maybe there's three or four of you that like do stuff together all the time. You just hang out and you, and you go a little bit deeper than just surface level type stuff where you, you try to, to iron sharpen iron stuff here. You press on one another and you encourage one another. So maybe it's one on few or maybe it's a, maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's a life group that you're a part of. And we're about to launch out some life groups here coming in March. And over the next couple weeks, we'll have opportunities for you to sign up and, and share some of your interests with us and, and maybe where you'd want to be in that. And so maybe it's a small group that way. And, and then I made the point that it's us as men, our responsibility to do this too in the home, that, that we're called to be the primary disciple makers in our home. I mean, whether you like it or not, God has given that to us as a responsibility. And we can't punt, we can't sidestep on that, but we've got to raise up our family in the Lord. We've got to teach them what it looks like to be men of God, to be in love with God, to share God. They need to see that first and foremost in the home. And so we talked about that a little bit. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to dive deeper into the how a little bit of of disciple making as it pertains to relationships. So we're going to define relationships and we're going to look at different types of relationships. We'll define relationships, and we'll look at different types of relationships. And so I'm just going to share for a moment. Like, like, I've, like I've struggled with this. Not relationships. I'm great with relationships, kind of. Um, so I think. Everybody's like, oh, I don't know about that. But, um, but like, my, like, I'm just, I'm like, God, honestly, like, you really want me to talk about this. Like, how goofy is this? We're going to talk about relationships. And I don't know what your relationship with the Lord looks like, but this is kind of how we do it. Like, me and Jesus, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm there at the table last night at 1 o'clock, and I felt like, fine, have your way. And like we're like wrestling a little bit, and like I'm just like, I'm, and I'm like, like I'm like mad typing, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, fine, Jesus, have it your way. Relationships, it is. And like I'm just, I mean, like that's that's how I do it. And I'm like trying to convince him how crazy this is to do this. And so I said, fine. And I and I like do like I kind of try to guilt him, which never works. I mean, if you're the king of the universe, you can't guilt somebody like that, right? And so it's just I'm like, well, if you think that this is what they need, then okay, whatever. We'll go that road. We'll do that. I'll stand up there and look goofy. And he's like, well, good. I've called you to stand up there and look goofy. And he was like, Scott, by the way, this isn't the first time that's happened. But um, So anyway, just the struggle last night, I'm praying through and trying to figure out. And it just feels so silly to, to, to look at and have to define what a relationship is. But I believe our culture has stole so much from us as it pertains to what relationships truly are. 
And I think the reason why we have to define it, because in 2022, we really don't know. I mean, even in the church, we're kind of confused about it and don't fully understand the weight of it. And, and it's, just, it's just kind of, we've gotten real goofy with things out there. Even the church and what it means to be relationally involved with someone. And I'm not talking about like male, female. I'm just, I'm just talking about just walking life out, doing life with people, what that looks like and what that means. And so to reel it in and to look at and to talk about what relationship is, relationship is just simply this. It's the way in which two or more people are connected. There's an emotional association. It's the way that you are connected with someone else. The way that you do life with them. The way that you talk with them. The way that you journey with them. The way that they even share emotions with them. Share hang-ups or hurts or, or successes and wins or, or, or things to celebrate. I mean, that, that's just a simple, simple definition. The way two or more people are connected together. And I'm afraid we get friendship Relationship or relationship and acquaintances kind of just mixed up and confused and kind of replace each one of them with the other. And that's not the case because an acquaintance is someone you know slightly or you know something about, but you're not too close to. And I'm afraid we use acquaintance in the place of friendship when really it should be an acquaintance. And I believe Jesus wants for us as his disciple makers, as his people to journey in relationship We'll have acquaintances, but I believe that he wants the deep, meaningful relationships to happen, to take place, for us to go deeper, for us to to share in ways that connect us to each other and to him. And so again, we have to define this. I think that this is important because like I said, technology, and hear me, I'm a technology guy, kind of when Franklin's around and he helps me. This thing has been acting up, Franklin, it's your fault, even though I'm the one that did it. But, um, But I love technology. But I think sometimes that blinds us. I think sometimes that, uh, that, that causes us to look at and define things wrongly. And I think that there's, there's times where we need to push away from all the surface-level acquaintance apps that's out there. All the surface-level stuff. And we need to come back, uh, connect back into real reality. And, and I guess I would say it like this. Just because you have 1,200 friends doesn't mean you have 1,200 friends. And if your number is bigger than that, then congratulations. That just means you have less, more friends than I do. <laughs> but, but I mean, we, we buy into that and we think that and, and, and culture and our world has, has defined it as that. No, 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 dude, you, no, you have, don't, and, and even saying, right, don't, don't you let him tell you you don't have 1,500 friends. They like that stuff. They, like, they liked that post that you put up there. Girl, wear that skirt again and you do your thing. I mean, I mean it's just, but, but, it, but, that, but that's the world we're living in, is it not? I mean, that's where we're at. And just because you, you have that or they like that doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're really true friends at a deep level journeying relationally together. And so we, we see that and we experience that. And, and I think that we'll, we'll drag that definition uh, that culture has set for relationships into relationships like this. And that prevents us from going deeper because the, the, thing, the thing about social media is this. And y'all know it to be true. Anybody that has kids and you try to snap a photo of that kid and post it for everybody to ooh and all over and get the likes and to try to boost self-esteem a little bit, like, oh, my family's got to get a look at that. You know it took you 20 minutes. And if you were to put the live feed of that picture up on that, oh, dear Lord. I mean, mom in the background screaming, crying. I just want a picture. I mean, dad's ready to, like, bite their heads off and go crazy. Now, everybody smile. And it's like, like that, that three seconds of, like, bliss. But it took 15 minutes of near death to get to and threatening. And I think we've, we've, we've drugged that into relationships today. We, we've dumbed down and reduced relationships to something that is unhealthy, not God-honoring. That, that we've allowed that to define for us. And so we, we need real life on life, church. That's what we need. We need real, authentic, intentional life on life. I read, I read a quote this week, and it says this. I think, I don't know where I'm at. I'm just going to leave it there and forget this. It says this. Adam Grant, a gentleman, said this. He says, on average, it takes 50 hours of interaction to go from acquaintance to friend. 50 hours. Not a two-second like. Not a DM. I don't even really know what DM is. Like That's some sort of message you send to somebody behind the scenes, right? It's one of those things. I thought it was PM, but that's like a time period, too, so I'm, I get all confused. 
but, but, but 50 hours of interaction to go from acquaintances to friend. 200 hours to get to a close friend. 200 hours spent with someone to get to a close friend. Think about that for a second. 200 hours invested in someone, them invested in you, to get to close friend. But, but real friendships rarely happen overnight. They are built over time through sharing moments of joy and moments of heartache. That's what Adam says, to which I would rightly agree. That's where true, real friendship happens over heartache and over joy and journeying together and being committed regardless. And so I just believe that discipleship happens through those type of relationships. That's where we need to fight to get to. Intentional, authentic, costly, intimate, honest, vulnerable, and transparent relationships. That's what Jesus would ask of us as his followers. That's what would be required of us to be disciple makers. It's to be real with people, to be honest with people, to be true and transparent with people. So I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into where God's going to have us this morning, and then we'll, uh, we'll, see, we'll see what he does in us. But let, let's, let's pray. Um, Father, we need you. Jesus, help us. I know the tendency is to, to, to drift toward uh, surface shallow, but God, help us to dive deeper. Help us to do the difficult work, the hard work of going deeper with Father, I believe in that place is where, we, is where we find all that you've wanted for us, where we get to grow and mature in followers of you. So help us this morning in this place to feel conviction and encouragement where it's needed. And for God, for you just to do a work in our hearts, to, 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 to plow the ground to get us to where you need us to be so that we can grow and blossom into the man or woman of God that you've, you've called us to be. So we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so the first relationship that I believe is the, the most important of all relationships is that relationship with God. And the way that we have that relationship with God is through Jesus. It's through a personal relationship with him, which is, which is even weird to talk about. It's not because how do we do that? I can't see him. I can't touch him. I can't pick up the phone and call him. Uh, he doesn't hear, I don't hear an audible voice whenever I do talk to him. So, so relationship with Jesus is even difficult. A relationship with Jesus is even hard. I mean, how do I go sub-level with him? How do I go deeper with him? What, what do I do there? Because I'm at the place where I believe that the greatest relational need for every single person in this room, every moment of every day, is that of Jesus. We need depth and we need more of Jesus. That's, that's the way he's wired us. That's the way he's created us. We've, we fill all of that relational need with all the other junk and all the other trinkets and all the other the stuff to try to, to try to fill that need, which just falls out and, and leaves us just as empty as it was to begin with. And so the greatest need for us is Christ. Or God, a relationship with God, and the way that we get that is through Jesus. We walk with Jesus. We spend time in his word. That's why, that's why we're always banging that drum. You struggle with your relationship with Jesus. My first question is this. How's your spiritual life looking? How are you doing spending time in the word? What, what, what are you reading about? What, what's Jesus pouring into you through his word? What's your prayer life look like? Jesus doesn't talk to you. Well, you've got to talk to him too. And in that quiet of you talking to him, he talks back. That's how it works. And hear me, I've never heard an audible voice, and I'm not saying that he can't speak like that. But man, how the Holy Spirit will prompt my heart with things. I'm just sitting there doing my own thing or kind of just praying in the moment. And I just feel him just kind of just speak. Hey, Scott, what about this? How about that? I mean, I know this is what's going on right now. Why don't, why don't you do this? That's like, like this week, what, what happened. I was just kind of praying about something. And um, as I was praying, as I was just thinking, and just in the moment of thinking, which thinking and, and it just, the Holy Spirit just kind of pressed something on my heart. So what I, did, I had to go have a conversation with somebody this morning. I said, look, I mean, I just, I feel like I just want to make sure. He said, no, we're good. Dude. Everything's great. And I didn't even think. And I'm like, okay, cool. But it's in that moment, I wanted to be obedient to the Lord. And, and it's in that still, quiet moment. I didn't hear God's voice saying, you need to go talk to, or you need to go say something to. But it's in this still, small moment of being silent and just asking and seeking relationship with Him. And so that's the greatest relationship we need that we enter into first and foremost, and then through that, everything else comes out. And the second relationship is this is with others. We have a relationship with, with God through Jesus, and then we have a relationship with others. We need each other. You need people in your life to journey with you, to do life with, to, to go deeper with you. You need people in your life. Look at Genesis 2.18. This is, this is what the word says. And I find this to be very interesting. Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Which is the thing, when I read this, I just find interesting because what do we know about Adam at this point? He's not alone. Adam ain't by himself. Adam ain't got nobody. Adam ain't got nobody. Good Lord, help me this morning. I mean, he's, he's got God. He, and please don't hear what I'm not saying here because 
yes, he has God, and yes, that's the first and best right relationship to have. But what this shows is that God recognizes he needs someone else, that he needs relationship with us. Eve's got the animals. I mean, why don't he go jump on a bear for a while and ride it around and talk to it and share his heart with it? I mean, he's got, he's got those type of things. He just finished naming the animals. And I was like, oh, he's, he's alone. It's not good for man to be alone. He's all by himself. It's not, it's not good for man to be alone. I mean, but Adam's not alone. God, animals, but that's not what he needs. And the thing that I find interesting is this is the first time we experienced God saying something wasn't good. Did you, ever, did you ever recognize that, realize that? Throughout the creation order, the creation story, God created and it was good, created and it was good, created and it was good. And then we get to this point where he creates man and he's all alone and he says, what, it's not good. It's not good for man to be alone, but Adam wasn't alone, was he? He had God, he had animals, he had stuff. And so again, God's relationship with God is first and foremost, but we need others. You know what I've learned? I've learned that bad things happen when you're alone. When you're all by yourself out on an island trying to figure it out and do it all by yourself and trying to, trying to do life just alone, maverick style. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing and I can just figure it out. I'll just, and I can just do this God thing all by myself. No, you can't. No, you cannot. Because that's where bad things happen is whenever you get to that place and you think that you don't need anyone. You think that you've got it all figured out. We're not created to journey alone. We were never meant to go up this thing alone. This all-by-myself mentality is, is not the way that God set it up. We're created as relational beings. Created as relational beings. What, one with God and two with others. That's how God wired us. That's how he made us. And when we neglect either of those relationships, we're in great danger of heading down a road that will not end in a good place. Neglect either one of those. Either one of those. Because usually what happens is you neglect God first, and then you start to push others away. That, that's usually the, the, the sequence of how that happens. God's present in your heart, present in your heart, present in your heart. I don't need that. I'll just go over here. Oh, they're telling me the same thing. I don't need them. I'll just go over here and do it myself. I'll figure it out myself. Kind of like me at the dining room table last night till one o'clock. Okay, God, let's. If I'd have just been quiet and listened, if I'd just woke Meredith up, I'm like, hey, hey, baby, hey, what, what you think about? And she should just said, Scott, do it. Get, get to bed. But we're not created to go at it alone. There's a great need in our life for people, for others. God creates in the heart of every man and every woman this need for a relationship. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about the different types of relationships. The first one is this, personal relationship. I want to talk about personal relationship. See, see, personal means not just functional. That's not what it means there. Not just a functional relationship with someone because they're your doctor or they're your lawyer or they're your plumber or they're your employee or they're your, your pastor or your teammate or your teacher. We want that relationship to be personal, and what personal means is that you relate to each other about personal things, not just professional things. It's not just surface level things. It's deeper than that. It's much, much deeper than that. We need like-minded Christians in our life that we journey with, that we talk with, that we share with. Deeper things than just how you doing or how is the game. Stuff that actually matter. Stuff that is deeper People that have the same standards and same morals and same belief systems that we do. That's going to challenge us and love us and share with us gospel truth. We need that in our life more than just a professional type relationship. We're just surface level. We just talk about the tires. We just talk about the bolts that we're supposed to order. We just talk about stuff that in the end has no eternal significance on anything. We need people in our life that's going to press us. I think one of the areas that I see this as the greatest need is in marriages. I mean, if you looked at our world, I mean, nowadays, I know statistically speaking, years ago, that the church is, is right where the world's at. That 50% of the church in marriages walk away every day. That the church looks no different than the world in that aspect. And I can just think, I mean, I just, I just know that's where Satan likes to attack and I just think, man, if, if people would just get godly advice in that instead of worldly advice, what could have happened? Or if somebody journeys with somebody deeply and honestly and rightly and real, what, what God could do in that? We, we need people to speak into our life truth. We need people that are going to share with us truth from God's word. So, so let me try to give you an example from my life. Example is this. Um, Tommy is by profession a landscaper. So we've related professionally many a times because I am not a landscaper. I need help with my bushes. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, I, I'm not a bush guy. I'm not, really a, I'm not a grass guy even. 
And what I found out is when you moved to the South, like I grew up country, West Virginia, and so it's like weeds didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? And I thought weeds were good because it made your grass look green in the winter. But that's not a good thing, especially if you live in a neighborhood, because it's all about the yard of the month club. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. And, and like, I'm not like, go crazy. If you're go crazy, you do you, man. I'm going to do me. You do you. We're going to be kind of nice, but not like, I don't want to be that yard. I don't want the attention drawn to. Um, and so, so, but what I found out is with Tommy, so we talk, he helps me with, with my regimen of, of uh, weed feed, and, or that means to kill the weeds, and, and like fertilizer and that kind of stuff. He gives me, we talk about that stuff. He helps me uh, when I need to plant something, when I plant it, what I need to put on it to help that little thing that I'm killing grow better and live and make it. And, and so, so we have this professional relationship. But a million times more important to me is the fact that Tommy and Amber and Meredith, my wife and I, have a personal relationship with him that goes back 15 years. And when we're together, we don't deal with each other professionally. When we're together, we don't talk as professionals. And so for us, what Tommy and Amber are as persons with with loves and longings and values and hurts and joys and convictions and spiritual depth, these things are the stuff of our personal relationship. It's subsurface type stuff. How's your heart doing? How's your walk with Christ? What's really going on in your heart? What's really happening? Why do you feel that? Why would you respond that way? Why don't you? And you know what I love and I hate by him is he's going to tell me the truth every single time, no matter what, even if it hurts. And and he's going to tell me the truth as it pertains to God's word. That's what I'm talking about with a personal. It's personal. We speak into each other's lives. We're committed. We care. And what we see in Jesus, he models this, does he not? He lives this out. He has circles of intimate personal relationships with people. I mean, there were the 70. I, I know in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it talks about that there was the 70 that he appointed and he sent it out. Sent out. So he was, he was connected relationally with, with these 70. And then there's a place where he has the 12, right? He chooses 12 to go with him throughout the, the three, uh, uh, three and a half years of his ministry. Mark 3, 1, 14 talks about that. 314, not 3114, 314, where he has his 12, 12 disciples that he's journeying with, that he's sharing with, that he's talking to, that he's being intimate and deep with. And then there's the three that he goes even deeper with. As you zoom in and see his life, there was the three that he goes even deeper with, Peter, James, and John. Man, 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 that he went even deeper and showed them and shared with them, like, like the time he took them up onto the Mount of Transfiguration and they got to see some stuff that just blew their mind. The rest of the guys didn't go on that. The rest of them are down at the bottom of the mountain. He takes them up and he, sh- and he gets to see some things. Or the time that he goes into the house and he raises the little girl. Or the time that they go into the Garden of Gethsemane and he, he, he leaves his disciples there and he takes his three with him deeper into the, into the garden. He says, hey, you guys stay here and pray and watch and wait. And I'm going to go over there and pray. And he takes him deeper than he took the others. So, so Jesus had different levels of relationship with people. He was personally closer to them than he was the others. And that's all right and that's fine. But what is he doing? He's modeling for us and showing us. That's how it's to be. That's how it should be. And then finally, what do we know about John in the scriptures? John is called what? The disciple whom Jesus loves. You don't see him saying about the other guys. And Jesus wasn't creating cliques. That's not what he was doing. He was, he was just walking with at different levels with different people. He was going sub-level with them. And so Jesus had many relationships, many many personal relationships at varying depths. He had deep personal relationships, but he was open to all at different levels, outgoing with all at different levels. So the the first one we see type of relationship is a personal relationship, which we need to have. And then what it does is it goes from there to deepening relationships. Personal relationship to a deepening relationship. So I read a story this week, and this is, this is how the story goes. It says, it says that everyone was surprised when Dan shared in group that, that him and his wife of 20 years were separating, that, that they had had enough and that they were separating and, and that he had found another woman already and that he was leaving her tail behind and he was going on to bigger and better things, so he thought. And, and what blew their mind is that, that Dan had been in that group of men for about five years. Five years in a small group of men talking about supposedly deep things that, that matter. And it said in all the time he had never mentioned there was a problem in his marriage. Not once did he ever share with those other guys that there was a, 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 an issue or a struggle or a fight there. And it said that one guy even commented, I thought that we were brothers. But it turns out we didn't even know each other. We're just acquaintances. Because it's difficult work to go deeper. It's hard work to go deeper. It's scary work to go deeper. 
But I believe that it's work that is well worth it, and it's work that needs to be done. It's work that needs to happen. And so what had happened in that group, they'd got together and they'd discussed politics and sports, but they'd not had real relationships, nor had they really grown as disciples. They'd just become buddies and it'd become a social club. We, we, we don't want a social club here. I can point you to some places. I think the YMCA is still, still doing some stuff down there. You can go and be a social club. I mean, there's golf courses around. There's, there's little things that you can belong to and be so, and you can and have it to your heart desires and gather and talk about nothing and go nowhere. But church, we've got to go somewhere. We've got to get serious. We've got to go deeper in relationship. And see, the group was never, this group that I'm talking about here was never led deeper than just small talk. And so, so deepening relationships means that we will not stay on the level of superficial. We will not stay on the level of superficial. And hear me, that's hard and it's difficult and it's scary. And I get that and I know that. But we've got to do the difficult work of going there. Why? Because superficial, superficial is just knowing a few personal things about people and asking how things, things are going, but never going deeper with them. I like to call it finitis. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm good. You know good well you're not. I'm not. You're not. Good. We're not, you're not. What's, what's that even? How, okay. How are you good? What's that mean? But we, we never go because that now that now gets awkward and weird the moment we do that, right? Well, because we're just acquaintances. We've never we've never done the difficult work of journeying together. Like, like the big answer nowadays is this, how you doing? Oh man, I'm busy. Lord, am I busy? Oh, and like we wear that like a badge of honor. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the more busy you are, the better it is. The the more I don't know what we get out of that. Like the busier, the better, the more holy maybe, or the more important you think you are, or the more, I don't know, I don't know why, we, I'm, just, I'm guilty. Good gosh, I'm guilty. And I've got to do a better job. I'm trying to do a better job of decluttering my life. And hear me, you're not clutter. There's clutter in my life that I've got to try to say, I'm, I'm learning to say no. I'm trying to get back to saying no. Because I don't want to be busy. I don't one day want to die and be like, man, so, so boys, what do you think of your dad? I mean, he was busy. Like somebody stands up at your funeral and be like, tell us a little bit about them. Busy. That is not a compliment. That, that is not a compliment, church. Relationally, to be busy all the time, to have to try to squeeze in stuff, I mean, that, that's not a good thing. That, that's not where deep relationship is not found in busy. Deep relationship is found in the slow, steady, monotonous, work of journeying together. That's where it's found. That's where we need to get to. And so we go there. You, and hear me, you can't go deep with everyone. And I don't think we're called to. I don't think that we're called to go deep with everyone. But you, you can go deeper a little bit. And we just see that biblical command in Galatians 6 is to bear one another's burdens, which I think it points back to this thought of deeper than just saying I'm fine or when you're asked how it's going. And so relationships are always in process. They're not static. They're always moving. And they need to be going somewhere. When it, when it gets dangerous is when it's just static and we're just a boy sitting around a TV saying, hey, how, look at that game, look at that team. Man, man, my team's recruiting this year and getting this. That's where it gets dangerous and we don't do the difficult work of going deeper. And hear me, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes work and it takes a willingness. That's what we want to do here in New Life. Our desire is to create an environment that's, that's moving towards depth in relationships. See, our, our culture encourages shallow and superficial. But man, we want real, authentic, and depth. We just talked about this a few months ago. James 5.15 says this. It says, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Look at what it says in verse 16. Therefore, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. You want to talk about deep relationship? You, you confess your sins to one another. And not like, oh, well, you know, I just, I just read three times this week and I should have done four. Mm, you poor thing. I pray to God that's your struggle because that's what I pray for for my boys. But I live life a little bit and I'm busy. And usually the more busier I am, the less time I have for things that are more important like Jesus. And I know the little things that can crawl in that heart real, real quick if we're not careful. So, so hear me, I'm, I, if, if that's your struggle, praise God, come see me, let's talk, help me, help a brother out, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, probably chances are it's not I should have read four times instead of three this week. Or I should have spent another five minutes in prayer other than the three hours that I was spending in one day at one sitting. 
It's probably more stuff like the stuff you're taking in, like the stuff you're scrolling through and the little gods that you're making out of stuff or the little things that you see and that you lust after. I mean, guys, do we even need to talk about that for a moment? I mean, I mean the, the, the reality of pornography in men in the church and that struggle I mean, just, just the stuff that, I mean, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about like the deep, nasty stuff. You want to know if you're journeying with someone deeper? How much of you do they know? That's what I'm interested in. That's where we want to get to as a church. Why? Because in that place, in that place, man, there is freedom. When you don't have to worry about being caught in anything. Oh, no, no, no. My, phone, my password's all twos. Franklin and Austin and these guys can tell you my password anytime you want it from my computer. I'm not hiding nothing. Because you ain't going to catch me in something. Why? Because people know. I don't want to get to that place. And hear me, being 99.9% known is being 100% unknown. Just that 0.1% is enough to take you down and for you to be crushed in your sin. That, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's here what James is saying. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Who are you doing that? That's deep work. And it's not an age thing. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. I mean, I've, I can't t- tell you the amount of conversations I have with people all over the board who struggle. We need people in our life to do this with us. So they pray for us. And look what happens, that they may be healed. You pray for one of while that they may be healed. And listen to what it says. It says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Man, I, look, yo, I need, to be, I need to be healed, and I need to have some things worked out, and I need, I need prayer. I want power on me in that. Like, I need to get through some stuff, and I need to defeat some stuff, and I need to kill some stuff. And so, so I want that. And so, so what I would press here is this as we talk about deep relationship is, is you don't just do this with anyone, all right? Like, you, you don't just do this with anyone. There needs to be trust built. There needs to be some understanding set into place. There needs to be some hearts known and intentions known, and that happens over time. That happens over time of doing the little work while so we can get to the big work. So as we journey, I, I, I didn't start doing that with him, and I've got other guys that I'm like that with. I, I didn't just start doing that with him. Oh, hey, like, you look like a cool guy. Let me tell you a secret for a second. You, you might kill me. I mean, there are how many people in this room that would love to just maybe jump and pounce in, in a moment's time? I mean, I just haven't said the wrong thing yet to upset you enough. I just haven't acted foolish enough yet to upset you enough to do that. Or I haven't not done something enough yet. I haven't shook your hand enough times. Or it's coming. I mean, trust me. That, that, that's how relationships work, right? We set standards, and when those standards aren't met, that maybe not even be realistic, then we get frustrated and aggravated and ticked, and we can, now, now I've got some, I got, I got the dirt. Let's go at it. I think it takes time, and it takes walking with, and it takes motives being made known, and it takes hearts being exposed. And we don't just jump right into that. We do the difficult work of time spent, trust gained. And, and I'll always say this, and I'll beat this drum till I die. Men, you need to be with men. You, guys, you don't need to be sharing your heart with no woman unless you got a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like, like you run home to mama and you share with her, but you don't, you don't share with that coworker ever. You, you don't go deep like that with someone else that's not, that you're not committed to. That you didn't say, I do too. That, that, that you're not, not willing to die for in the regards of the way that Christ calls us to as men and husbands. You, you don't, no, men need to be with men and women need to be with women. That's where this deep kind of relationship that I'm talking about happens. That's where we, that's where we find it. That's where we go with it is women with women, men with men. Because it gets real dangerous real quick if you don't. And, and I don't care how strong and how great and how awesome you think that you are and the boundaries that you can think you can set with her or her, you can set with him. I, no, Satan just loves to work in those little places. Loves to work in those places. And then the third, the third type of relationship is this, is a faith-building relationship. Faith-building relationship. And what this means is this. It, it means helping, strengthening, and encourage each other to live by faith all the more. Strengthen and encouraging each other to, to live by faith all the more to propel you closer to Christ, to encourage you in Jesus, man, to amp you up and send you out. That's what I'm talking about here because what is faith? Faith is being satisfied with all that God is for us in Jesus. That's what faith is. The definition that I've just just pulled right from John Piper, he says, faith is being satisfied with all that God is for us in Christ. And I want to push people to that. I believe that this is some of it. Me, as I preach and proclaim the truth of God, that's, that's helping you become all satisfied in who God is in Jesus. That's what it is. And, and I want to, we need to propel ourselves. We need to find people that are going to amp me up for Christ and send me out. 
People are going to encourage me. I mean, I've got friends that do that. I've got some pastor friends that do that. My mentor, my gosh, he just oozes of Jesus. Like, you're just around him, and you're like, like, I, want, like, I'm, like I want to get as close to him as I can because I want it on me. Like, I want that on me because I, I want to get it out there, and I want to show people. I mean, there are people in my life that are like that that I'm around that after I've spent time with them, I feel like, man, we could take on hell with a water pistol, and we will destroy that place. I mean, Satan will be in the corner crying, crying, and weeping. I'm like, get them out of here. They've got water pistols, and they're, uh, I just, like, I just, like, I'm just, like, ready to go. I believe that's what it should be like. I believe that's what Christian relationships should be like. That should be our goal. As we journey with people, that should be our goal, to help each other stay satisfied in God. And so maybe it takes us asking the question different, not how are you doing, but how are you doing in Christ? What does your walk with Jesus look like this week? I mean, what are you reading in the Word? What are you, what's God saying to your heart right now? What's he stirring in you right now? What's he teaching you right now? I and mean, what sin are you struggling with? What sin are you, you, you battling right now? What temptation is Satan just thrown at you? Maybe it's that type of conversation that we need to start having. Not, hey, how are you doing? I love what Hebrews 3, 12 says. It says this. It says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. I mean, take care, take notice, watch, be careful. There could be an unbelieving heart, there could be evil that could lead you to that. He says, verse 13, but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today. Exhort means to encourage, means to build up, means to press along. That's what we're to exhort one another every day. How often? Every day. So what that, we need people in our life every day. We need this happening every day. And you know what? For some, that might be that. For some, it might be, it, it might very much be that. Like, I, I was sitting last night talking with, with a buddy and was at the table, and we're talking a little bit about discipleship and about groups and things like that. And, and as we're talking, we're like, oh, okay, so, so um, what do you think? Like, what, what about a life group for you? When? He's like, man, I'm free, I'm free Monday through Friday, yo. Twice on Saturday if you need me. And, and maybe that's where he's at right now. That's what he needs. Every day is what we see here. As long as it's called today, encourage, exhort, lift up, press. Why? So that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Why? Because relationships with other believers are for what? Faith building. Faith building. You really want to see what Jesus looks like? It should be one of those things that we get to spend time with people at the church. You want to see the physical Jesus manifest in the world today through the Holy Spirit? Living in us, it should be the way that we walk out and live out our life relationally. The disciplines of our life following Christ. Us becoming holy as He is holy. That's what it should be like. To press people on faith-building relationships. Faith-building relationships. And what I've come to know is this. Either we are leading or we're being led. You can't be on the sidelines just sitting. We must be engaged in both. We need to be leading some people in those areas, having people in our life, inviting them in, journeying deeply with them, faith building with them, and we need to have somebody in our life doing the same thing. The same thing. That's what we need. So to close, as the band comes back up, God from the very beginning created us for a relationship, first and foremost with Jesus. And so my question for you is this, do you have a relationship with Christ? Have you ever entered into a relationship with Jesus through faith? Seeing yourself as lost and sinful and wicked in need of a Savior, and through that you abandon all that you are, and you enter into a faith relationship with Christ. Do you have that? That's the first and most important relationship. And hear me, you will never be able to get the rest of the relationships right in your life if you don't have that one first. Because everything else comes through that. And then from there, I'd ask this, are, are you growing? Are you going deeper? Are you spending time with him? I mean, are you doing the difficult work of journeying with Jesus? How? Through reading the Word. Through praying. Through repenting of sin. Through being encouraged by others. Through being strengthened. Are you doing that? How's your relationship with Christ? And the second question I ask you is, is how's your relationship with others? Who are you walking with in a way that is deeper than just talking about weather, sports, and car tires? Uh, who have you went sub-level with? Who, who really knows you? And I want to help us here. 
Because I think in our minds we think, oh yeah, well they, they know that like that one time back like 20 years ago that I, but I haven't really talked to them then, but, but I should, and, I, and like we cling to that moment. So let's look at the last couple of weeks. Who, who did you pray with? I, and I'm not saying like, okay, well I'll take that initials and I'll pray. No, 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 no. Who did you physically have conversation with? And in that moment you said, no, let's just stop and pray right now. Who did you pray with over the last few weeks? What about this? Who did you confess sin to over the last few weeks? Who knows the struggle that you had? The thing that you did, the thing that you looked at, the thing that you drank too much of, the thing that you thought too much about, the thing that you worshipped instead of... Who, who, who did you confess sin to? And, and then how did they step into your life to help you start to work through that, to, to, to go further and longer in Christ and to grow deeper in? Maybe this week, who did you ask forgiveness for? Who did you have to approach and say, would you forgive me? I did this or I did that. Or can you just, I, I just, I feel like maybe in, or who did you encourage? Who did you go to this week and, and say, you know what, man, I've just seen Jesus working in you in this area of your life. And I just want to say, man, you're, keep going. Who did you press this week? Who did you press this week? So, so, so for me, this is what it looked like. I had, I had uh, coffee. It was supposed to just be like a little hour meeting. It ended up being like three and a half hour meeting Friday. I, I had coffee. That sounds like grown up, don't it? Like, I don't even drink coffee. I, I was the hot chocolate. He's like, you drink hot? Yeah, I'm a hot chocolate guy. I'm 12. I'll get there one day. So we're sitting there, and we're just going to talk. And he's, he's, a, he's a ministry leader, and we're talking, and I'm looking at having him come, and like a revival. We've got some cool stuff planned here. But anyways, so we're talking, and as we're talking in the conversation, kind of get to know him deeper. He was an acquaintance, and so we did some of the hard work this week of getting to know him relationally and sharing how he got here, how I got here, where, all that kind of stuff. And in the conversation, he said, hey, man, I, I'm a... I'm a or I, the, the conversation came, he said, I'm a PK, a preacher, preacher kid. And I'm like, yes. God, I need help. And so we meet and talk about stuff, and then at the very end I said, no, no hey, I, I, I want to learn. I said, and you've been there, and I need, I need help learning. He said, well, what do you mean, Scott? I said, well, I've got three little boys coming up, and I am a pastor. And I know what that means for them. Because statistically speaking, they have a greater chance of not coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior than your kids do. Why? Because of the pressures of what this does to them. Because of what the tendency and expectation of me is to be. And the thing in my life has always been this. I am not going to sacrifice my kids on the altar of ministry. And the last thing I want is for them to resent Jesus and want nothing to do with the church because of the church. And so I said, so help me. Help me know how. Help me know what to do. And then in that conversation, God just started stirring, even like with my relationship with my wife right now, that I've, I'm just, we're just, we're doing this thing, right? We're doing church. Let's do church. That I have just felt miserably at here recently because I've just been busy and been other stuff and I've, and I've got to do a better job there. And so just God, I mean, God just started like just wearing me out, whipping me with some stuff. And I think the reason why I didn't want to talk about relationships because it means I'm going to have to deal with some relationships in my own life. I mean, y'all need help, but not me, right? I mean, that, that's, that's how it's supposed to be, this facade and this like, no, I've, I've got, I don't have it all together. Good Lord, I don't have it all together. And if you've ever spent any time with me, you'll know that. Oh, I mean, I'm medicated and still don't have it all together. And so God just starts like working and doing it. And he's been doing this for, for a time now. And it's kind of starting to come to a head. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay. And I know if I talked about this, then I'd have to do something. That's how he works and does. And so I've got to do a better job loving my wife like Christ loves the church. And in that talk with him about my boys and trying to figure out how to do that and having that conversation of, but walking that out. And then in that, after I get done with that conversation, I'm driving back. And as I'm driving back, I have a conversation with, with one of these guys that I'm deeper with. And we're talking and in talking. And he's like, man, I just, I just want to ask you a question. How are how you, how you doing with your middle boy? I said, I'm happy you said that. I said, because, and, I, and, I've, and I've even felt conviction about this here, and I've got to stop doing this, because like I'll, like I'll, I'll downplay Bennett a little bit. Or I'll be like, man, he's my wild child. He's just my, oh, he's my, and he is. And what that's doing to me, I think more for me than it is him. Like it's teaching me to be patient, which I have thought that I was and I'm not. I mean, that's, that's teaching me to love better and to walk better and to try to be more creative. Because re- he's, he's like the sports kid. Like, give him some boots and a tractor and dirt. And I'm none of that. I don't even own a pair of boots. Like, like, like snow comes, I'm in tennis shoes out there in tennis shoes and 10 pairs of socks. 
Because I don't have, I'm not a boot guy. If you're a boot, that's awesome. I wish I was, but I'm just not. And he's a boot kid. And he's a dirt kid. And he is, let's make a mess kid. And I am like OCD about stuff. And, I, and I'm just like, it's not, I'm not anything like that. And, and I just felt God kind of convicted me. Hey, you, you, need to, you need to push pause. Because I don't, wanna, I don't ever want him to look back and think that he's not. And so this guy loved me enough to say, hey, how are you doing in that relationship with him? Because you talk to stuff about people. You, you, don't, you don't talk to somebody about their kids. You know what I'm saying? You, nah, you don't ever say something about somebody. You don't, mm-mm. Unless you do what? You've done the difficult work of going deeper with. And you've invested in that relationship and you've walked with for 15 years. And you've bled and you have cried and you have snotted and you have laughed and you have rejoiced and you've done the difficult work of deep relationship. Then you've got the right to speak whatever you want to in their life for the glory and honor of Christ. And he did that not because he's mean. He did that because he loves Jesus and he loves me and he wants to see me and him and my family succeed. So that's what it looks like for me this week. Who are you doing that with? Who are, who are you walking in that manner with? Because church, that's, that's what it looks like to do deep relationship with. That's what it looks like to get to that place of, of disciple-making. We want to create the environment for that to happen. We want to do the difficult work. And hear me, it's not going to happen in a year. No. We're looking like three, five years down the road for this to really take root and to take off. But we're willing to do it now and to so start now and to get to that place. As I believe it's through deep, personal, authentic relationships. And I believe that's the absent piece in the discipleship journey. Having people in your life that way. So it's when we live out personal, deep, authentic relationships, God gets glory, and we're blessed with the maturing of our faith in a way that shapes us all the more into the image of Christ, and this world gets to see that. And it flips it upside down for the glory of God. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if maybe the first step for you is, is coming to faith in Jesus Christ this morning. Maybe the next step for you would be finding someone that you can connect to, that you can have those kind of conversations with, and you can start to build relationship with the go deeper. I mean, I, 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 want you, I want somebody to push me. Maybe you could find somebody like that and say, hey, help me. And we will do whatever we can to get you pointed to somebody. Whatever we can to get you kind of mashed up with somebody. But I beg of you, don't leave this place thinking, ah, oh, we just talked about relationships. Okay, that wasn't really for me. It's for everyone in this room. Everyone in this room. We need people in our life to do this and walk this out with. Father, help us this morning in this place. Hear your voice. Follow you in obedience. Jesus, help us to do the difficult work of relationship caring for one another in such a way that we're willing to be vulnerable and exposed with the hopes of someone else growing deeper in you and growing closer to you. Jesus, we love you. We need you to do work in this place now, I beg. Amen.